Hello and welcome to Hammock Stories, a podcast for people seeking inspiration while on their journey to finding identity, meaning, and community. Every week, your hosts, Tu and Chenny, will be asking an everyday hero to join us in our hammock and share their personal story of how they've arrived at themselves. Slow it down. This week, we're joined by Tiana Egdom, a multidisciplinary coach who helps people discover and pursue what they love. Tiana shares the story of her struggle to find harmony in spiritual and business ideals into her public identity. Now she's learning the importance of incorporating both. Today, she's a placement advisor at Humber College where she builds bridges for creative students to explore and navigate their own career journeys. Well, hello, hello, Tiana. <laughs> hello, Jenny. How are you? I'm good. I'm How so, are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm so happy you're here. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. I've actually been wanting to have this conversation like this for a really long time. Oh my gosh, I feel so much pressure. <laughs> No, please don't. Please don't. We'll see what happens. How are you two? I'm really good. Good. I really like being here listening to you. And I love how we're meeting for the first time this way. Yeah, I love it too. What a great way to meet, huh? Very authentic. (laughs) (laughs) You will know all of me before you know me at a superficial level. So that's pretty cool. (laughs) You get to meet on a deeper level first, and then you get to catch up on the superficial stuff after. Exactly. Yeah, it's great. So the reason why I thought you would be great on this hammock, Tiana, Mm -hmm. is frankly because every time I hang out with you, I feel like you have like a magical aura around you. And it just like creates, for lack of a better word, good vibes. (laughs) Thank you. So tell me, tell me about your relationship to vibes and like, where, where did your vibe come from? Like, <laughs> how, how, how does one, how does one procure such vibe? <laughs> um, yeah, I guess those are two kind of questions. Um, the first would probably go back to my childhood of just having a very kind of eccentric spiritual mother. Uh, that I was very, very close with. So I was kind of around um, meditation and um, energy and what that means and cultivating awareness of that pretty young. And I mean, it starts in more kind of whimsical ways, I guess, when you're a child of like fairies and magic and play and imagination. And then as you kind of go through being a preteen and a teenager, you start to kind of challenge that and, um, you know, go in between, is this me or is this kind of what was around me? And um, what does this mean? And do I need proof? And um, yeah, so that's kind of like how I guess that started and then um, kind of got to a point really over the last couple of years, I'd say relatively recently, where I was leaving that conversation of, is this just um, 
kind of what I assimilated because that's what was around me? Or is this actually my core? And how deep does that run? And then the more that I kind of brought acceptance to that, that I think the more I kind of, that showed and I guess my aura or my vibe. Um, and it's been really interesting to kind of see, I'd say, especially this last year where I've kind of stepped into it a little bit more, different patterns and how people describe me and how they feel after meeting me, which has been really interesting. That's so cool, actually, because I, this is all new to me, spirituality and energy mm -hmm. and uh, all of this. Mm -hmm. And I was always wondering, because I think like, I guess more and more people are discovering this later on. Mm -hmm. I was always curious about, yeah, like if you were born. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe maybe With if, this, if yeah. you don't mind giving a little context, like your mom's a healer, like I, you know, like maybe a little bit more context around that too, just for the listeners who are perhaps a little bit sure. less in tune. Yeah, I mean, like first off, like too, like um, I don't think like energy or vibes, like it's something that you can get or like an aura is something like you can attain. I think we all kind of like have um, that in us. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of like your awareness or intuition or whatever it is of that aura and then taking care of that and stepping into it, which can evolve. Mm -hmm. um, but we all have it. Like it isn't something that's like you have to like work to get or yeah, you yeah. like keep or, or anything like that. Um, Chani, oh, you asked me about my mom. Yeah, so this has all been really uncomfortable for me to talk about, actually, just because I I come from, like, a business background, and I like to think of myself as someone that's really practical and spent a lot of, uh, invested a lot of energy with kind of, like, building this archetype and personal brand for myself and network. So that was part of the battle that I always had with talking about this and even, like, what my mom does to just people uh, because a part of me was always kind of like, how can I be like this practical, like business mm. person mm. that believes in this, these things that don't have kind of, I guess, um, a more societally accepted evidence or proof like they're kind of have certain stereotypes and labels associated with them mm. and if I want to kind of achieve those career goals that I want and and be these other parts of me then if I talk about these things and these labels and these things that I believe in then I worry that that will kind of take over the rest of me and so, yeah, like I, I really haven't been taught, I haven't talked about any of this or even what my mom did until maybe the last six months. Wow. Uh, and Chenny was, again, it was a business context that the both of us were introduced to each other for a mentorship chat. And she picked a hilariously magical <laughs> hippie location. And I was like, who is this person? And she was really one of the first people that kind of, I guess, from that other half of me that I ever talked about this stuff with. And we just kind of like, it happened so naturally. And then I, you know, shared about my mom and all these different things. But yeah, my mom uh, is a Reiki practitioner and a meditation teacher. And uh, she just opened her first uh, place. She's running it out of her her own house for a long time, 23 years, if not wow. longer. Yeah, she started around probably in her 20s with hosting meditation circles and all those sorts of things. Yeah. Grew over time. 
uh, but she just opened her first little shop uh, down near Kipling. So, yeah, so that's amazing. what she does. Yeah, I'm very happy for her to step and, into that. And thank you, thank you for being here. And I totally, I totally hear where you're coming from. I myself, I feel like I struggle with with the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> where it's like, how can you, how can you still express this part of yourself, but still yeah. be basically taken seriously yeah exactly yeah <laughs> yeah and the language yep yeah and and I think I think what I find interesting is um you know now the narrative is starting to shift right now yep. mindfulness is mm-hmm. cool now we have you know you can spend 35 dollars taking a mm-hmm. meditation class yeah which you know has it's ups and downs but yep. but like it's becoming commercialized like it's mm-hmm. it's now starting to become a bit more mainstream. Yeah. yeah. And then Definitely. there's like Oprah and then <laughs> yeah. when yeah. it's Paldro doing goop and yeah. like looking into all of these things. It's uh Definitely. It's all, it's like a end. It's like it's like there's so many mm-hmm. I would say there's so many Harvard business grads or whatever, like MBA. Mm-hmm. Um it's almost like this is like I look at it more of like a competitive advantage <laughs> to have <laughs> have also awareness and not just um, in a business context. Yeah. Businesses are with people. But there's definitely like language that I think is more mainstream and more uh, comfortable with like mindfulness, uh, vibes, meditation, (laughs) certain type of meditation I'd say is more mainstream. Mm -hmm. So it's still like it's, it's wonderful that this is all happening, but it's still like there's... I'm definitely very aware and careful of the language that I choose to describe. Mm. We're still at the <laughs> you edge. You know, like we're still at the edge. Yeah. 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 We're like, yeah, good vibes. We're not really like, you know, going full, <laughs> you know, full hippie or full, full whatever. Um, we believe probably just like fear and all those sorts of different things that. So, yeah. so if you don't mind, I'd love to, Go back a little bit, mm-hmm. and I'd love to learn more about what it was like to grow up mm-hmm. with this increased awareness. Because to be honest, I can't even imagine. <laughs> so can you tell? Can you can you shed a, shed some wisdom on how that was like for you? Like, what did 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 it change anything? I'm just genuinely yeah. curious. Well, it's always been kind of like a I. I get that question like we're close with um, some different people that we have like a little meditation community and usually when uh, my friends or the people we meditate with are like figure out that I'm my mom's daughter they're always like kind of like oh wow you must be like at this level or like had this crazy childhood and be levitating and just like all this stuff and like <laughs> all these like expectations I'm like <laughs> no like I've I actually struggled and challenged all of that a lot so mm. there I mean like we've talked um in one of your last chats about intuition so I definitely had intuition and that was definitely strong in moments where I'd be like oh after talking to this person like I feel weird or my energy feels strained or I feel just whatever like there was always like that voice which was very clear to me but then because of this kind of um, conversation I was with from pretty young on I would say after you kind of leave that magical childhood imagination phase of 
I don't know if I believe this or not. Like, I, I had the awareness, but I was always kind of challenging it. So there were some moments where, you know, with, I guess, more major major milestones when things would be like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. And, like, I feel so strongly about this. Like, I can't challenge this. Mm. Or there's some sort of just, like, some sort of proof or something that happens that's so orchestrated where I'm like, okay, yeah, like, I'm good now. But then, um, yeah, kind of the day-to-day, I was always kind of in this back and forth. So, yeah, it wasn't like I had, like, this... Uh, super heightened. That's uh, my curiosity yeah. is, do you try to almost like numb it out? Of- I did for a while. I've definitely stepped into it a lot more now and just started to to own that. But I think it was just always like this conversation of like, um, I don't know, like logic and emotion or masculine and feminine. And I always kind of like, struggled with finding the balance between the two of those and then would kind of usually when I'm stressed or anything career related like I was very and still kind of am a very A-type personality so (laughs) easier to kind of um, swing to the imbalance of too much logic too much critical thinking Mm -hmm. and when you're in that headspace it it gets really hard to to go from there to yeah, everything is going to work out, or I feel like this, so let's do this. It felt like such a far jump. So that was something um, with kind of being someone that was so attached to being productive and and took so much identity and uh, self-esteem from career and and that type of personality where it felt so hard at moments to just like go from that mind state of mind to like, Oh, yeah, you know, it, you should, it felt uh, like, yeah. Floating. You should listen to uh, Chenny's uh, Hemic story. She mm-hmm. has a, she ha- she talks about going from type A to B plus. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've heard her use that language. <laughs> yeah. But so, I, yeah. So, okay. So you, you were skeptical. Yes. Right. And, yeah. and that I feel like we can all relate with. I also... <laughs> was skeptical of vibes yeah. for a very, very long time. Mm. Like even I I only I myself I feel like I only saw meditation as like a relaxing activity yeah. for a really yeah. long time too. Yep. Yeah. Um and you said that recently in recent years you've kind of stepped into it a bit more. Mm-hmm. What 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 kind of um ignited that? Well, I think, yeah, I think for most people, and I think like you and I connected on a lot of a lot of these things as well. You have your burnout story. So I kind of got to the point of going back and forth with this battle of being so attached to what I did and um, working around all hours of the clock and kind of shutting out that more feminine energy or spiritual side of me and had a couple of smaller kind of burnouts and would always find some way to kind of shift around and keep justifying um, that lifestyle. And then I got to the point where I was working in consulting and I just had an epic burnout and it got to the point where I was just like, I just couldn't, I couldn't fight for that type of um, mindset anymore. I was like, you know, I'm so exhausted and everything is falling apart and I'm so sick. And, 
you just, I think, in those moments of extreme sometimes, depending on the person. And I really try to advocate <laughs> with the younger people that I work with. Like, it doesn't have to get to that point of burnout to then start thinking, mm-hmm. um, thinking more holistically about uh, your relationship with your mind, body, and spirit, I guess, and and um, and being happy and, and being fulfilled. Um, but yeah, I basically just got to the breaking point and then I was like, okay, I'm going to completely change <laughs> everything about my current lifestyle and my mindset and let's just, this didn't work, so let's try kind of radically the other way that I've been kind mm-hmm. of pushing away for a while and see what happens. And I quit my job and left that kind of career path of marketing and business and went into um, kind of what I consider to be more feminine energy work. And when I talk about masculine and feminine energy, I don't mean like um, gender roles. Mm-hmm. Like I think that we all have masculine and feminine energy inside of us. Um, so just, um, yeah, just to put that out there, but I went into more of a quit that and then like went nurturing. into, yeah, yeah. yeah. went into more of a nurturing um, career path where I was basically just working with young people and students every day and it was part-time and it was a contract and it was a massive leap of faith, but it just was, um, yeah, just in that opposite direction of um, going going full leap of faith into that other side of me and then everything just in my life became exponentially just happier. Mm. and. Yeah, and then I just kind of incrementally after that career switch, which was, I think, a pretty big change in my life, everything kind of changed around me, then it kind of felt effortless when those moments of intuition or being in tune with my energy, all of that just kind of came naturally once I stopped kind of fighting and, and so yeah. How, how did you know, like, like, how did you know to stop fighting? Again, I think I just kind of like pushed that way of thinking to the breaking point. And then I was like, I just can't fight anymore. Like this way of, at least for my lifestyle, like this way of working and thinking is like, it's broken. Like I was so sick. I was in and out of the hospital towards the end. And then it just like, it just wasn't possible for me to keep justifying that. So yeah. then, and I think you had a similar story as well. Yeah. So then I was like, all right. Hospital well. buddies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all, all of us. <laughs> yeah, two, two. Oh, two, two, two was a hospital buddy. <laughs> this make me happy to hear. But <laughs> I can relate to yeah. everything that you're saying of just, uh, so to me, I, I feel like my thing was more like you tried everything. Yeah, to fight. exactly. And then none of it works. Exactly. You're, you're like on the ground. Yep. Just, exhausted yep um, that's exactly it yeah i'm curious because i've been there mm-hmm. <laughs> in that exhausted like well i can't even get out of bed yeah like, i can't do anything yeah what are how was there time between that and then getting this part-time job in teaching you know working with kids or mm-hmm. um what was you know like what's one thing that got you out of bed mm. like the first thing so I was um 
I basically had, um, at that time, I had a parasite and I had mono. So I was yeah. just like, had zero energy. And I was working like 60 and 80 hour weeks yeah. while I had a parasite of mono. So it was oh. like very, <laughs> yeah. it was much worse than it needs to be. So I had literally no physical energy to do anything outside of, I was just ordered to basically be at home and rest. Yeah. And I'm someone that really likes to be busy and I like to, I'm curious, I like to do things. So that was a really hard transition. So I ended up finding that. And I've, of course, after leaving, like I didn't have the next thing lined up. I was just in a huge identity crisis of, you know, if I'm not this career, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I want to do. I don't know where this is all going. It doesn't seem great. So I ended up turning to uh, just doing different creative things like I did. Um, some watercolor I used to paint back when I was a teenager and hadn't done anything really mm. since university. And that was really kind mm. of therapeutic for me. Uh, mm. Just one of the things I loved about abstract art and the type of thing I did when I was recovering um, was just that similar to meditation, if you try to control it or get attached to what you're doing, it will suck. Yeah. <laughs> so you kind of have to have this surrender to what you're doing and just kind of watch and observe as it evolves and um, not get attached to how it looks at one point or try to control it. Yeah. So that was like a, a easy kind of easier stepping stone for me into all of this through those kind of different activities where I had to kind of just be creative without expectations. Mm. Um, so I did artwork, I did some jewelry design for fun. Um, I made like pillows, <laughs> just like random stuff, <laughs> which, um, yeah, it, it gave me some inspiration. And that was something as well, where I'm someone that really like draws a lot of energy from just beauty. Mm. Um, and working in the financial district, like, and the type of lifestyle I had, I didn't really make any space for that. Mm -hmm. So there was just recycled energy. There was nothing new coming in, mm. which made it hard to keep up that lifestyle. So I found that even just like those sorts of activities or fashion or going outside mm. and seeing nature, like those were all parts that I didn't prioritize enough. And I was kind of forced in that situation because I literally couldn't do anything else. <laughs> to explore that again and then really realize the value of, of bringing more of, the, of that other side into my lifestyle. So I kept all those things up and still really brings me a lot of energy. Yeah. It's beautiful. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. The gift of burnout <laughs> yeah. is space. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm curious, did you reach out to your mom during this time? Oh my God, yeah, I was there all the time. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We have a very close relationship, so mm -hmm. she and my family were very there for me, as, as was my partner um, when I was sick and in my identity crisis and everything. So, oh yeah, we were doing all sorts of meditation and angel cards and everything. <laughs> To, to bring that hope back because I was I was really depressed. Yeah. yeah. I, just, I don't even know your mom or you at all, but yeah. it's really amazing so, the kind of space she left you to uh, to learn on your own. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. My and, mom is wonderful. And I think and I think it it's so beautiful now, at least 
from from my vantage point observing you, like you now get to create <laughs> that space for students. Yeah. 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 And that's that's so magical. So Very could you magical. tell us a little bit about that transition into that and, yeah. and how that felt? So I was always I think I was always really passionate, like I think one of the things that's important to kind of know about yourself um, is what drives you or what inspires you. We all have different things, whether that's uh, wealth or um, influence or whatever it is. And for me, I, I was always really drawn to impact. And I think that came from just my upbringing. And um, yeah, I remember back when I was in university, I was... Um, had started working for a startup pretty early on and been intense with networking and built up all these relationships. And a lot of my classmates were struggling to find internships. And I ended up um, saying, oh, well, I know lots of startups that could probably use students, so why don't I just connect you? And I ended up, well, I was in like my third year of school, had this super intense like Excel spreadsheet, was reviewing all their resumes, like, <laughs> having all these like interviews between the students and the startups. And I don't know how I made time for it. And I ended up matching 15 of my classmates to internships. Wow. <laughs> and yeah, and I didn't think anything of it. I was like, oh, yeah, it was so much fun. I love reviewing resumes and I love coaching them. I was like, oh, it's so cool. <laughs> and, uh, and then I kept doing that over the years after I left school. But I never really like thought about it more than that. I was like, mm. oh, this is always just like a thing that I do that brings me energy. Mm. And then when I was in my identity crisis from my last um, my last role, I was just like, you know, asking all sorts of questions like, you know, what am I good at? What do I enjoy doing? What gives me energy? What drains my energy? And the kind of statement that I got back to was, you know, I love helping people discover and connecting them to pursue what they love to do. Like I really loved coaching always and making connections for roles. And I was like, okay, that sounds great, but I don't think that really exists in a job and, you know, lifestyle coach, like that's not really like a, a staple, at least in my opinion at that time, uh, staple <laughs> income and, and everything. And then once I kind of had figured out, okay, this is really ambiguous, but this is what I like. Uh, this is what I think that I, I'd be good at and what I want to spend my time doing. Then I saw a role on LinkedIn uh, for a college, which was basically a internship advisor for marketing and design students, which was my <laughs> background. And I, I was like, okay, well, this sounds exactly like what, I, <laughs> what I've been thinking about and what I've been, you know, spending all of my time doing for free. And uh I applied and it was a big leap of faith and I really have to thank my partner for supporting me in that. Um, for going to that part-time contract role. And yeah, it, it was really everything I could have ever hoped and it felt extremely full circle um, from just my own story of trying to get my first jobs uh, to then being able to be in a room with a student having a breakdown of, you know, I don't know who I am or I don't know uh, where to go or I, I can't get a connection in here and being able to see their transformations and help them get to that place was just like I was crying so much over the first couple of months of, <laughs> first couple of months I felt so grateful every day and um, yeah it's it's just 
it's yeah, it's it's been amazing. So for a listener mm-hmm. who happens to be in those shoes, yep, right, mm-hmm. identity crisis, yep. not sure what to do, yep, maybe feeling a little burnt out, yep. What advice would you give them? Well, I think that when you go out, th- you go through that burnout. Like one of the common kind of thoughts that comes is. You know, I've been working my ass off, and sorry, I swear. Um, <laughs> it's okay. I've been I've, I've been doing all of this, and what's the point of it all? Or like, this was for nothing. Or like, what's the point like of life? And you go through those sorts of questions. And um, for me, I was like, okay, I had all I was attached to all these sorts of labels, and I think there's a lot of fear as well of um, when you build up a certain reputation of like, what will people think? And, um, you know, what will happen to my network and all that sort of stuff. So kind of first before trying to figure out what the exact, you know, title is or job is or what people will think of you and going down that whole kind of more grounded route. Um, and this is advice that I, that I gave to someone recently in this position, just spending more time with yourself, especially if you're coming off of burnout to just um, inspire yourself, give yourself, you know, find ways to bring energy and happiness and light into your life. Um, If you're considering making a big move, then sure, you can rush and say, based off my skills and qualifications and my school, this is what I'm qualified for and I'm going to start going to interviews. But I mean, you may end up just repeating the same thing if you Mm. use that same thinking, right? Mm -hmm. So it's important to leave enough time for that space to re-explore kind of in like a childlike way, I -hmm. think is important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just like without expectations of, you know, what you enjoy, what gives you energy. Um, I found just that simple question of what gives you energy um, was such a powerful one for me with just kind of moderating and bringing awareness to the people I interacted with and the different tasks and things that I did, how I felt energetically. Because you can have a skill set in something, you can be strong at something, but it might drain you to do it, mm. right? And you could be not so great at something, but it could bring you so much energy when you're doing it and so much inspiration. Um, And then, you know, if it's a technical skill, then you can just work on that and you'll feel more motivated to do that because it's something that brings you energy. And I think that especially once we leave school, we get into a more kind of linear way of thinking of, you know, I do this, I've done this, I'm qualified for this, so this is what I can do next. But um, then you're really only opening yourself up to so many opportunities. Um, So I really just um, am an advocate for taking that time for experimental kind of fun without expectations and, and seeing what brings you energy. And then you may end up finding um, something or somewhere that you wouldn't have explored otherwise. I'm curious now that you're in a a role that gives you energy. Mm -hmm. um, And I mean, just speaking from my own experience, like type A is still there. (laughs) Me too. Um, What what happens now? Like, like, is it possible to burn out in 
something you enjoy? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, everything like balance and moderation is is an is an everyday kind of journey. You don't find it once, even if it's something you love. I definitely have an extremist personality <laughs> or tendencies. So fire friends. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm going to build a business? Okay, let's do it in 24 hours. Or, oh, I'm like, even when I did my jewelry originally, I, like, had to build, like, a logo, business cards, a full website. Like, I had to have that all done in 48 hours. <laughs> so, you know, now I give myself social permission to make jewelry. <laughs> yeah, I, I still have those tendencies. So it's still, like, an everyday practice of, uh, you know, checking yourself of, bringing back in that awareness of, okay, do I need to eat? How is my body doing? Do I need to sleep? Uh, do I need to take a break and do something else? And I think that when you come from those tendencies, it can be really hard to build those boundaries for yourself, especially when you're passionate about what you're doing. Because yeah. I will do it every waking hour of the day. Yep. But um, I think that I found at least the more that I meditate and eat well and do just different sorts of things for my for my wellness, that making those decisions and building those boundaries is a little bit easier yeah. versus when I'm out of it for a while and I'm not eating well, sleeping well, um, making space for meditation and relaxation, then it's really hard to say, I'm going to stop now. Um, so yeah, that, that's that's something that I found there. But yeah. I will definitely still have my days. <laughs> I will stay very late at work. Okay, so yeah, we're almost at time, and we always like ask you the question of like it, knowing what you know now. Mm -hmm. um, what advice would you give your younger self? <sighs> well, I think that the advice I always got when I was an A-type eighteen-year-old, having all of my networking sessions of what I should do next for my career. The advice I always got was, you can't have everything figured out. Your life is going to look like a massive squiggly line of different places and roles and experiences that you can't know everything of. So just surrender and release and enjoy the journey. And I was very angry and annoyed when I got that advice. <laughs> but it is the advice <laughs> that I would give my younger self who would probably not accept it. <laughs> You would give your younger self more opportunity, perhaps different framing of the same advice. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd, be, I'd be thoughtful with the language that I use, but I, yes, it would be that advice. Just chill out, Tiana. <laughs> so beautiful. I yeah. love it. And so full circle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can update this advice. <laughs> yeah. I'll probably be saying the same thing 20 years from now. <laughs> I'm sure you'll come up with better words. So that probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean... I think I think the the squiggly line it's in so many ways it, and I'm sure this is true for all of us but in so many ways it's like you want to control it and you want to yes. turn the squiggly line and iron it out. Yes. <laughs> oh, the control issues, man. <laughs> yeah. Every day, yeah. every day. Yeah. <laughs> but it, I I just love how the map for everyone that has gone through the squiggly line is that it is squiggly. Like, there's no way around yep. it. Everyone. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so the sooner you can learn to enjoy that, then, I mean, the happier your life will be. I mean, it's, you can be stressed or you can be happy, like, if those things are going to happen. So 
They don't choose the latter. Embrace the squigglies. Yes. <laughs> that could be the hashtag. There we go. <laughs> Embrace the squigglies. <laughs> Oh, thank you for this. Now I, I'm so happy I experienced your vibes. Oh, <laughs> I'm very happy to experience both of yours as well. Thank you, <laughs> thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Well, that's a wrap this week with Tiana on our hammock. We filmed this pre-COVID, and it's just such a joy to listen to it again and uh, to share it with all of you. Next week, we have another amazing interview with uh, Nate in the hammock. We'd love to hear your comments and um, how you follow your magic and how you listen to your body. Um, so please follow us at Hammock Heroes on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and um, we'll see you soon in the hammock. Nothing to do Them and the cars Map all the stars And three things Nowhere to be